This is food. This is beans. So, WandaVision, am I right? Yeah, it, it's incredible. Season one is completed. And uh, as is customary, when there's an incredible show that we both watched or an incredible movie, we're going to do a closer look episode for that movie or TV show. And in this case, uh, it's WandaVision. And so this is a spoiler heavy, specifically episode of our show, Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. So if you have not watched WandaVision, you're in the wrong place. You probably should change that dial, so to speak. And so, to get right into it, what did you think of WandaVision, Adrian? I hated it. I don't think that's true. You're correct, you silly goose. Of course I didn't. I really liked it. Uh, I thought this was a really fantastic series. I had a great time watching it. Pretty much all of it. I don't think there's anything incredibly bad about it. There's a few things that I didn't love, and a few things that I think I would change, but as a whole, I think the show is really, really great. And for the first ever MCU TV series foray into like this sort of universe for Disney Plus, uh, it's a it's a knockout of the park. Knockout out of the what do you call it? Home run. Home run. Yeah. Yes. Touchdown. It's a home home run out of the park. Touchdown. What did you think about the series? I don't know about all of them, but <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I think that. The style uh, of each sitcom, like almost not every episode had its own sitcom era, but a lot of them did. And so going through the 50s, 60s, 2000s, 90s with like Malcolm in the Middle type style and the, the even going into that kind of uh, faux documentary, the mockumentary style with the, mm. the final final decade, I guess they went through for what's which episode was that? Was that the eighth? No, this, it, maybe it was the seventh. Yeah, it was the seventh episode. So it goes... 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and then the 2010s, which leads us to the seventh episode. And then episode eight and nine are kind of their own sort of thing. They, 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 they're pretty much directly after the 2010 episode. So uh, what seemed to reference like a lot of modern family, sort of the office, like with the, with the intro uh, to that episode, especially, it was very evidently based at, after the office opening theme. But yeah, those last two episodes aren't necessarily based on any year. It's just, it's modern day at that point. Right. And actually to talk of, uh, about that specifically, the, one of the coolest things to me in this series was the use of letterboxing. Which is a funny thing to say. Uh, we we talked in a previous episode about how we were kind of hesitant about the types of letterboxing they're going to be using in uh, the Justice League movie, Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. This is the opposite of that in that I feel like they used letterboxing either on like sidebars by doing a 3 by 4 ratio or by using a 16 by 9 ratio or by completely uh, going widescreen in a very, very smart and strategic way that kind of represented where they were in time uh, in terms of also the realism of the show as well. So it seemed like whenever there was letterboxing, whenever it was filmed in widescreen, it was real life. And then when they had three by four ratio, it was the sitcom world or like a fake fake world. And they did that throughout the show to kind of hint at where they were or what, where Wanda was in relation to the rest of the, the series, which is, again, extremely impressive and a really smart way to kind of show what real life is or ground, start grounding the characters in reality. So one of the examples of this was when Rambo gets thrown out of the hex 
in the third or fourth, is it the third? No, the end of the third, if I recall correctly. The end of the third, the 80s uh, or the 70s episode, where she's thrown out after Wanda gives gives birth and then they have a weird conversation about Pietro. She's thrown out of the hex and she lands just outside of Westview. When that happens, the letterbox bars grow grow into a widescreen ratio. And I think you had talked to me about this or... Uh, sorry, we don't talk outside this podcast, but you sent me a letter uh, somehow explaining how you thought that was really cool, if I re- recall correctly. Yeah, no, no, you do recall correctly. It's like a super subtle way of showing the like where where everything's taking place without kind of having those like subtitles in every scene. Um, what did we talk about recently? What was the last thing we did uh, like a closer look on? The last one was The Mandalorian season two. Yeah, did that, didn't The Mandalorian have like... You know the, those big, uh, like big subtitles across the screen whenever they switch to like a different planet or or what, whatever time it was. Am I just imagining that? Well, they do that. Yeah, they do that in Star Wars quite a bit, mm-hmm. just to in order to show. Actually, I don't know about quite a bit, but I'm fairly certain they did that in the Mandalorian to show where they where they were in in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, exactly. So like it's it's an interesting way to kind of sh- show where they were in, in the WandaVision universe um, without like explicitly saying that, Hey, we're in the real world now, or Hey, we're in the television world. Now they just showed it with the letterboxing, which again, super unique way of doing things. I really, I really, really liked it. I think this show is brilliant in a lot of ways. The, like the directing is amazing. Like the direction of this entire show is, is top tier and it's so creative and they do a lot of like, little creative things that I think set this apart from your average television uh, show. Uh, I briefly talked about the opening of like the 2010 episode where, you know, it seemed like it's like an office opening, but every single episode of this show has a different opening seg like scene, like a yeah, different opening se- sequence. Sorry. It's I guess awesome. The, yeah. the word I'm looking for. And it's not like it, they just threw shit together. Like it took, it takes a lot of time and effort to create these things. And it showed the amount of care that they put into this TV series. To talk about that a little bit more, like the amount of Easter eggs they threw into, even the commercials and all of this, each one was unique. Each commercial was completely unique. They did claymation at one point. Yeah, it's an incredible amount of care to again pull off each one of these openings, but the music changes each time. The wardrobe, the set design, it's incredible how their their house the layout changed with every episode. It's it's amazing. Yeah, 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 d- d- definitely. Just that alone, again, like I, I really, there's so many little things that the show does right that I'm kind of disappointed about what they did wrong. I don't, I don't know if I really want to jump into the negatives yet, but uh, I don't know if you necessarily agree with me on on this. But I think they did a, a few things wrong or, or or a couple missteps throughout the series most notably with the reveals that kind of take place at the end of and uh, uh, end of the season and i think it's kind of interesting i i was i was thinking about this a little bit because uh we're filming this on uh, in- international women's day happy international women's day simon and to all female listeners but yeah happy international women's day what wow well, that's i guess kind of good timing because the yeah. show is pretty much predominantly about wanda maximoff so yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, like I had a couple of uh, like days to think about it. We talked about this briefly on our main show, like Split Focus, uh, film and TV podcast, on the most recent episode. How you asked me how I felt about the show airing, you know, weekly, 
and how I personally kind of wish I had it all at once, even though I do like the fact that not everything was spoiled all at once. And you tend to be on the side of like it growing on you that, that you liked it by the end, right? Uh, yeah, I would agree. Like I like I would have liked it the other way, too. I think I just like to be able to have that conversation, the idea of uh, talking with the community, you know, being able to talk with mm-hmm. Ken, as an example, Kenneth Saddlebar, who often writes in to the show about the about each episode as they aired. Yeah, like I did enjoy those conversations as well. But I don't know, after a couple of days of thinking, I almost feel like that did this show a disservice, at least a disservice in terms of how it kind of finishes. Because since we had this like sort of week to week waiting for all this stuff, to be fair, I tried to stay away from as many um like fan theories and and all that stuff online but kind of half the fun though isn't it it is but i feel like because of that expectations were set so high for the finale and i don't think they really knocked it out of the park i don't really care about you know like you know all the rumors about oh this is mephisto or nightmare blah 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 i don't care that it wasn't that but i think a lot of people do and i think it almost did a disservice to the show, like to the extent of I, I believe it was Matt Shackman or or one one of one of the showrunners or or, or pe- people on, on the show. Just to be clear, actually, if I can pause, sorry, I don't want to make you lose your train of thought. But Matt Shackman is the director for every episode of mm-hmm. all, specifically all nine episodes of the show, and Jack Schaefer is a showrunner. Okay, uh, just to just to differentiate that. But Matt Shackman's interestingly, he directed every episode, which is not like The Mandalorian, Disney Plus's first huge show which is directed by multiple different directors matt shackman actually directed every episode which is kind of interesting because there's so many styles so Mm. yeah but yeah like i i forget who said it. maybe it was matt shackman or jack schaefer or or one of the people that that were a part of the show mentioned that people are going to be disappointed because of all like the fan theories that came up and and all that stuff so i think even they were aware that 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 it might have been a misstep uh misstep doing it week to week and again, even not like even being the type of person well, that the, one was, of the creators, sorry, one of the creators said this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like in an interview. Oh. Uh, I forget who published it. It was around the same time as, you know, uh, the, the whole like Paul Bettany being like, oh, like Paul Bettany needs to dig himself out of the big, big cameo hole um, that, that, that he brings up, which is kind of funny because if you listen to like when he's like, oh, yeah, like I'm so happy that I got to work with this person. Um, like someone that I never worked with uh, my entire life. And he's literally just talking about himself because vision <laughs> like he plays. It's hilarious. He yeah. said it would be fireworks that the cameo was fireworks and that they had so much chemistry and that he is admired this person his whole life. It's, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny in hindsight, but um, yeah, like it was around that same time where, where, where one of the creators mentioned that I can't think of who it was off the top of my head. I, I could look this up. Maybe should I, should I look this up? Sure. It's worth it. It was Matt Shackman. So uh, Matt Shackman mentioned how uh, a lot of people will be disappointed by a series finale. Right, because he realized that with all the fan theories that were just brewing that, yeah, that's fair. Well, it's a mystery show. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess, I don't know. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those, like, how do you stick a landing when there's so many like landings pretty much made for you how how are you supposed to pick the right one and to be fair the uh ending of the show in comparison to all of these these you know crazy theories is pretty lackluster like it's lackluster in comparison to those but i don't necessarily think the ending is lackluster if that makes any sense i see yeah yeah for sure you know what it is is it's almost the problem with 
I don't know. It's a weird thing to go back to, but The Last Jedi, honestly. People wanted what they wanted. They they predicted for over a year what the next part of the trilogy would be, and that's what they wanted to see. They knew that mm-hmm. Luke was going to be in it, and they wanted to see Luke in the way that they wanted. It's mm-hmm. an odd thing, but that's just what people do over over time. They just make these fan theories that become very popular online, and that's not what the creators are going to do. They're going to do what they they mean to do. And, and, and in the end, WandaVision was a very grounded story. It was it was truly a love story at at its heart, mm-hmm. and there was honestly, it's an incredibly heartbreaking moment at the end of this series when they're in the house and that the hex is closing in on them, and they go to hold hands. Just even that moment where the light is turned off and uh, Vision says, "I just want to I want to see you." It's just so, it's so ah, it, it I don't know, it gets me, and like. They went on this journey together in this series, but also in the MCU, and it's kind of it's closure. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's a different type of story than I guess people anticipated it to be. I am disappointed in the finale as well, actually. Okay, so we are. Yeah, I I think we're on the same page in some capacity, but it isn't it isn't because they didn't do what fans wanted, or they didn't bring Mephisto in, mm-hmm. or they didn't bring Nightmare in. People predicted that Mephisto might be played by, or at least I predicted it as well. Like there was, this is a theory online, and I thought that's a great idea. Al Pacino would play Mephisto. <laughs> uh, he's played the devil before, and that would have been incredible, in my opinion. I thought that was really cool, and he should have been the big bad that was pulling the strings above it all. Like he was, he was gonna, there was gonna be this big reveal. But when they got to the ninth episode, I was like, they don't have enough time. There's no way they're going to do this now because they just don't have enough time. And Agatha being the big bad kind of seemed a little, I don't know, it just seemed a little weird because of the previous hints and Easter eggs and little red herrings. I don't appreciate red herrings in a mystery show when they lead nowhere. Mm -hmm. That's what bothers me. So, and I'm sure you thought of this as well, can you guess who I'm going to bring up next? Yes, Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Why? Why did they do this? This is the dumbest move. I can only chalk it up to trolling. You're a TV series. You're supposed to be for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is not fan service necessarily, but you're definitely not supposed to troll your fans for no other reason than to troll them. Mm-hmm. I don't understand this. It's such a weird strategy. Calling him Ralph Boner? Yeah, come on. You, you literally set something so amazing up for it to only be a boner joke, which seems so right. juvenile in a series that was incredibly deep and full of heart. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed yeah. a joke out of place, and it was it was disappointing. I was I was genuinely disappointed, yes. and it wasn't even again like. I I wasn't looking at these theories. I had no idea about this Al Pacino theory or anything like that. But just my knowledge of the X-Men universe, um, like Fox's X-Men universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, you know, them uh, go this them saying that this is leading into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. My head right. canon just immediately thought like, holy shit, it's Evan Peters, the Quicksilver from the Fox universe. It's literally, the next movie is literally called The Multiverse of Madness. You set up Evan Peters, who's in literally a different universe, and they now own X-Men over at Disney. Mm -hmm. What the heck were you thinking? Is the only, you could have made it anyone. 
You could have literally brought Aaron Taylor Johnson back. That would have been an incredible re- reveal. Why not do that? I would have preferred it to be that. Honestly, like like a hundred times over, as opposed to it being like, oh, look at that. Like it's almost like a cheeky, a, a cheeky cameo that leads to absolutely nothing. And again, I'm super disappointed. You know what it kind of reminds me of? What? Um, also Marvel re- related. How Nick Fury lost his eye. Oh, God. That's what it kind of reminds me of. Where they they build up this thing. Uh, to be fair, they built this, like, the, the eye thing with Nick Fury up for way many, like, way more years. Um, like, through multiple movies. But they build this, like, you know, this badass character up. And you're like, like, how did this guy lose his eye? You know what I mean? And it ends up being a fucking cat. Like, an alien cat. But it just ends up being a cat in a after credit scene that creates a plot hole in the entire MCU. So it's not like that extreme of disappointment, but it's, it's close to it. And it's upsetting because not only do they bring Evan Peters in to play Quicksilver, but the effects of his Quicksilver are the same as the Quicksilver from the Fox universe, as opposed to Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's faster. It seems like. Yeah, that, that is, easily my biggest disappointment of the series again i don't want to come off it like i feel like we're coming off as a little bit negative but i feel like we should just get all the negatives out of the way yeah so that we so that we can end this on a positive is that what you mean yeah exactly yeah because i I, again i really really love this show but like one of my least favorite things about it after the ralph boner fucking thing which again is just so stupid and frustrating is the final fight scene between wanda and agatha and it being just these two witches flying around shooting lasers at each other when the entire series is a little bit more, even though it's technically not grounded in reality because they're in like this television universe, it just seems way more grounded. And it seemed like it could be more than that, as opposed to these two people flying around shooting laser beams at each other. It just yeah. felt that I think felt very lackluster. And to me, again, like my least favorite part about the show is probably the ending because it's the most Marvel-y sort of thing, like just typical Marvel, like, ah, oh, like shoot lasers. Whoa, whoa. That is not the ending, though. In my mind, the ending is when they're standing in the house again. Yeah, fair point, fair point. And then the uh, house dissipates, uh, yeah. and she's just left there, standing in the foundation of that house that she was living in for months, and just the car that she arrived in. It's just so poetic and heartbreaking honestly yeah that was a that was actually very beautiful um yeah i guess not the ending ending but like the 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 final episode sorry i guess i should say but yeah uh to me i just i really didn't like that and took me out of it however i did like the vision versus vision fight scene i thought they did a couple of cool things there like how they're just greek like i just like i I appreciate specifically paul bettany's vision but i also like vision's philosophies like his Mm -hmm. his philosophical look at humanity and him talking to himself talking to another vision is i don't know it's super entertaining for me yeah what's the thing called that he talks about it's the uh the something theory about changing the boat what is it called it's called the ship of theseus yeah 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 the the ship of theseus i really like that it's something that i feel like a lot of people have heard before but it was cool for them to kind of bring it in and have these two visions talk to each other who are both equally as real vision as 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 each other in different ways and then kind of working through that together i really enjoyed that but in terms of just the fight scene prior to that like them just kind of phasing through each other and there's the scene with like the white vision reaching in pulling out the 
um, infinity stone from like the, 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 the hex visions head, I guess. And, you know, it's just kind of phasing through because it's not really there. There, there's a there's a lot of cool things with that. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed them talking to each other. And Paul Bettany is it's crazy to think that they they hired this guy as Jarvis in 2008, like an AI, just a voice in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he's become the like such a huge character in the MCU and technically the longest running character at this point in the MCU, other than, I guess, Happy. Because Happy Happy's also been in a, um, a recent movie. Yeah, it, it just goes to show like how how much foresight Marvel has in casting these people um, so early, or or even choosing like specific directors. Again, we we talked about in the most recent episode how they chose Chloe Zhao prior to her release of Nomadland, and you know now her just recently winning Best Director at the Oscars, making sorry not Oscars, the Golden Globes, making uh, the Golden Globes history. And again, yeah, she's go- she's coming and making the Eternals for Marvel, which is. It's so cool. Like it's it's unbelievable that this company has such foresight in choosing these directors and actors to play characters or make movies that are now like so iconic that are, are going to be like the MCU is going to be remembered for years to come. You know what I mean? Like this, this is something that's probably going to be studied in film school because it's the first thing to ever accomplish anything this this great. This this isn't this a grand. film. These aren't films, Adrian. These are theme parks, okay? Oh my god. You know what? You're right. You're right, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Actually, to talk about Paul Bettany, just for a moment. Uh, Paul Bettany was in, honestly, a lot of really cool movies, like Master and Commander, Far Side of the Sea, which is an in- amazing movie, and he's incredible in that too. But he wasn't in too many things, and he started to be in less movies and TV sh- series. And he was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Jarvis, but... As the story goes, he came out of an audition or it was some exec- meeting with some uh, executive producer or something like that. And they said that he would never, never be in another, he, he'd be done in the industry. He's done in Hollywood. He'd never work again. I don't know what the argument was about, but then he goes out and he's like, he leaves that meeting. He leaves that office building and gets out to the sidewalk. He's like sad. He's like, oh my God, this is, this is awful. This is this is it, I guess. They're playing the Peanuts music. Right, yeah, sure. Yeah, you see coming out with his head down. And out on the sidewalk, he gets a phone call. And it's literally the director of the Avengers, the first Avengers movie, Joss Whedon himself, on the phone. Hey, would you like to play Vision in Avengers Age of Ultron? And now, I suppose the rest is history. Because Paul Bettany has starred in arguably the most Marvel Cinematic Universe films. And... He was one of the first actors to be in a Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show. So, Paul Benny's told this story, I think, in uh, multiple interviews on Late Night, etc. So, he just, you know, he wasn't in the Iron Man movies that much. Like, he's just a, a voice. He never was never really on set with Robert Downey Jr. He just recorded in a booth, and then, I guess, uh, they, they pieced it together. But the journey he took was pretty darn cool. Hmm. That's interesting. That's super cool. I agree with that. So I, I don't want to keep going into disappointing stuff, but I do want to talk briefly about one other thing that I thought was disappointing. I, I mentioned earlier that I thought Evan Peters being in this was stupid. It, it's dumb. You said the same. You echoed the same sentiment. There's another weird thing that I just don't understand why they did this. Dottie. Dottie is situated as a neighbor for Wanda. The other neighbor for Wanda is Agatha. They're both neighbors. They both have flowers in front of their house. Agatha has purple flowers in front of her house. 
Guess what flower color Wanda has, as you might have noticed. Uh, yellow. No, Wanda has red flowers because she's got what? red magic. I would have never guessed. I don't know why you said yellow because Dottie has yellow flowers in front of her house. Ah, uh, I was going to say Dottie had red. The two have the exact color of flowers that they have for their magic. And uh, Dottie is not a part of the story at all for some reason. She's just a random person who's she wants to see who wants to see the, her kids. Is that's the yeah, her, ki- her kids who have been stuck in a closet for days. They were hinting at in some capacity and many people thought this online is that they were hinting at witches of Eastwick. This idea of these three witches who are being controlled by someone else. And in that story it was uh, Jack Nicholson who was who was controlling these three witches who were played by pretty all-star actors in that film. So people actually predicted this in January. This is way long ago when they first introduced Dottie. And Agatha even says at one point, Dottie is the center of this town. If you want to do something, you have to go through Dottie. This type of hinting is not that crazy. Emma Caulfield, the actor who plays Dottie, literally said in an interview that she was a red herring and that people will be disappointed. Mm. That is nonsense. There's no point in creating a red herring. The, the moment where you see Dottie and her yellow flowers again is just before, like five minutes in that episode before, Agatha goes down into the basement and reveals that she's, Ag- she's actually Agatha as opposed to Agnes. It, it doesn't make sense. If it was Agatha all along and it's not Dottie all along at all. That's a good reference. I understood that reference. What's the point? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why why queue up something for no reason. That's not what Lost does, as an example. Lost has breadcrumbs, and they lead some. They led somewhere. They typically led somewhere. They don't they didn't always lead to the greatest spot. They led sometimes to a cork in the middle of a pool of water. But I mean, it's not. We can't all be perfect. Which is cool. <laughs> sure, but I, I just find that that type of nonsense is just silly. Like it's like you don't have a better plan and. You don't have to bring Mephisto in, but don't don't hint at things that don't end up happening at all. It's not like you're you. They weren't hitting at Dottie as like, oh, maybe she's the witch and it's not Agatha. They they really had a heavy emphasis on Agatha the whole time. So mm. I don't know. I just I'm not a big fan of this type of red herrings. There's no if you're gonna do a red herring, you've got to make the reveal something greater than what the red herring was leading to. You you can't just come up short and just say well that's it we were just oh we were just kidding that's not how it works no no i agree with you but uh, this is actually a good opportunity to like lead into one of the questions i had for you is that the with the end of the series you know agatha is like put under like a mind control spell again by uh, wanda um and is like oh you know you're just gonna live here in westview blah 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 do you think there's a chance that they're gonna bring agatha back uh, in a future movie or a future series, and if they do, do you think they might continue that plotline with Dottie? Do you think that red herring is actually going to mean something, and maybe they just did that again to like Dottie, Dottie realize that hey, maybe uh, Agatha's going to lose this, and maybe I'll keep playing this character? Like, do you think there's any possibility for that, or do you think it's just kind of like they set something up and did it? purposefully to throw people off interesting i think they did it purposely to throw people off and her admitting the actress admitting like emma caulfield admitting that it was a red herring it means that i think that it it literally is it's a red herring there's nothing to go Mm -hmm. off of that's it and so i think that they they just did that for no reason 
uh, and there there really isn't much. But I think that Agatha will come back. That I actually do believe. I think there's a chance again for another show. I don't think it's necessarily uh, WandaVision season two. Uh, I think it's maybe some other kind of iteration that they can bring Agatha back in. I think that that's that's a, po- a possibility. And the fact that she's not dead certainly it leaves the door open for yeah. Catherine Hahn to show up again, like the actor uh, actor Catherine Hahn. So so like that's possible for sure as Agatha Harkness. So. Yeah, I agree with you, and or I say yes and no for that question you just asked. I don't yeah. think Dottie is anything, though. I think Dottie is legitimately what the actress said she is. So yeah, that's fair. I think if anything, uh, they're going to bring back uh, Catherine Hahn as Agatha in almost like a uh, Red Skull sort of um, cameo, uh, like what they had in Avengers. Was it Infinity War or Endgame? Endgame, right? Both. Is Red Skull and both? Both. Yeah. So I feel like if anything, they might bring uh, her back in, in in like a small sort of thing like that. You know, maybe Wanda's looking for help and she comes back in a scene in a movie or something like that. Um, but real quick, I just want to give huge props to Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn is such an amazing actress. She's like so good. She's in so many little things. I, I, like I can't think of anything that she's really in the spotlight or or the, or the number one role, but she is so fantastic in this role. Um, she also plays uh, like a version of Doc Ock in Spider Verse, which is amazing. And like she's just like she's in so many things that I've I've seen her in, and and she's genuinely fantastic in the role as Agatha. And once again, like I am a little bit disappointed that you know it kind of the climax was her just flying around shooting purple lasers back and forth with, with Elizabeth uh, Olsen as, you know, Wanda, but um, all in all, I think she did an amazing job. There's a, there's a scene in particular, which is one of my favorite scenes. It's, um, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, but it's literally, you know, Wanda talking to vision. I think it is, or is it Evan Peters? I don't know. They they say something. Wanda's like says something. And then Catherine Hahn like looks at her and he's like, Wanda, do you want to do it again? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's playing it as if she is being controlled. Yeah. In this, which, uh, no, which they like, all were. And she was pl- pretending that she was being controlled in this, in that scene, which was almost throwing off the audience, which I'm okay with that. Actually, that was, that wasn't true. That was a, that was a misdirect, which I'm, I actually appreciate that particular misdirect and it was acted very well. So it worked out very well. Yeah. Like, well, actually for me, like that, that is, I think the the point where I was like, oh, maybe, maybe she is the, like the, the bad person. Maybe she is the one in control because she seems so self-aware. She like looked right at one and was like, Hey Wanda, let's do it again. I know I'm, I, I wish I knew the exact scene I was talking about. I just remember that line. Where she looks at Wanda and is like, "Do you want to do it again?" And the delivery is so fantastic. The the expression she has on her face—it's almost like this mixture of disgust and disappointment. It's it's so well done. I want to say it was between uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Evan Peters. They're like having a conversation, but m- maybe I'm wrong about that. But 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 yeah, like she she, she does an amazing job. Um, and I really 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 like her character and her role in the MCU. And and I hope to have her back. In terms of the whole Dottie thing, um, yeah, I, I doubt they're going to do anything with that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think you were the one that mentioned, not you, but you mentioned to someone to mention to me about the Witches of Eastview or whatever it's called, the East East 
Eastbrook. What did you say? Eastwick. 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 Yeah, the wishes of Eastwick and and, and the similarities with what's going on in the actual like WandaVision uh, series. And it kind of made sense because, you know, it's called Eastwood. Westview. Oh, Westview. Oh, my God. What? I'm literally mixing all the directions up. You're adding. It's funny because you're adding words that aren't even related. Like you got you get through wood in there. Right? <laughs> There's no wood anywhere. But yeah, close enough. Like it's Westview and it's Eastwick. You think that they're, they're the same. I thought there's no way it's not this. And somebody had called it right early on a Reddit. Again, this Reddit post is awesome. I'm not sure who authored it, but you can find it fairly uh, easily if you type in Eastwick Westview, I think, and in, in Reddit into Google. It was me. It was you after all. Yeah. It was in January. And so that is crazy because that guy was like, wow, I'm, I was so impressed. I'm like, this guy might actually have, have the right idea because there's so many weird hints towards this. And I'm sure that they were doing this on purpose. It just, it, it is too specific. I don't think that it's, po- I mean, it's, I mean, possible they could have done this by accident. I don't think so though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. There's just, again, bringing, I think that it would have been really cool if they could have bring, brought in a big bad and introduced him in this and then made him the villain in Multiverse of Madness. Like not defeat him here at all. He just escapes. And then you cut to the really the heart-filled story of the Hex being taken apart and uh, Vision and, and Wanda's uh, relationship. Like Agatha may, might end up actually not be, she's being manipulated was what I thought was happening too. Even Agatha All Along, by the way, is an incredible song i think that 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 whole it's a bop dude it's a bop yeah it's a bop that has great scenes like they they just did a great job with that music video in the way that they actually had to cut it apparently according to matt shackman they cut it and included those scenes they shot them i should say while they were shooting the 50s and the the 60s scenes they 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 actually planned ahead and knew exactly where they needed to have Catherine hahn and one of my favorite ones is the fact that she's Actually, for the mockumentary, she's the person behind the camera. I thought that was really genius as well. There's some really good mm-hmm. shots in there. Her manipulating the magic show. That's it's really smart. It's it's really cool. And that reveal was neat, but it still felt to me like that was fake. And the reason why as well is because they did all this stuff with the realism when it came to the letterboxing. The letterboxing was done so well, but that scene is all three by four or sixteen by nine which means that none of it's real, which is weird because they're doing a reveal of Catherine Hahn's character. So I, I found that odd. Like they broke their own MO in terms of uh, the way that they did that. Like for instance, an, another moment where they, they, they use that letterboxing. Wanda's walking down into the basement of Agatha's house. As she walks down into the basement, the letterboxes actually start to grow, start to grow or sorry, shrink the screen. Disappear. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. The letterboxes mean reality. They were growing into the screen. They, they oh, came in. Yeah. The letterboxes came in as she walked into the basement because now she's going into reality, which is so weird because she's in, she's still in Westview. So they were, there were, you couldn't see it. It was hard to see, but that was the one that they hid the, probably the best because she's going into this dark basement where there's now this weird wooded area. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's now going closer to reality than ever before for Wanda, who's in that uh, position. So it's one of those things. So the the only argument I could make against that is that uh, Agatha had those hexes up and people's magic don't work. Other people's magic don't work within the hex. So I think that is the only argument. So technically, as Wanda's walking in there, it is in reality because her hex magic isn't working with the runes 
spread out throughout the th- that that basement room. Oh, do you think do you think that could be a possibility? Oh. That's what, that's actually what I was thinking of. Interesting. So instead of it being reality, it's more so not in the hex. So not manipulated mm-hmm. by Wanda's magic. Not in exactly. the sitcom world. That's really smart. Yeah, that honestly that could be more close to what this is. That's right. And and so Agatha is in the sitcom world when her Agatha all along comes up. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. That's 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 a fair statement actually. I take that back then. Yeah, that's that's true. So it's actually a representation of her being in and out of the hex is the way they use the letterboxing. But regard mm-hmm. even now I have more respect for the letterboxing. I think that's just that's just a really, really smart way to to create a TV show. But anyway. Yeah, definitely. I, I was actually thinking about that one because it's so consistent throughout the series and it's so well done. I don't think they would have done a slip up like that. So that that is like uh, an explanation I rationalized for myself. But um speaking of like leaving the hex, again, I feel like we're just bashing the shit out of this show, even though I love it so much. Uh, but it's so much easier to talk about the negatives than than all the amazing positives that the show had. But what stood out to me, there's the scene, I think it's the end of the fourth episode, where um, Wanda leaves the hex. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, you got it. I was, I was just about to bring this up. Yeah, and talks to, you know, uh, Sword on the outside of the hex. But she's talking in an accent. Unbelievable. Like her old accent from Age of Ultron. Red herring. But she's not talking. Yeah, we're, and she's not talking in an accent throughout, like a- at all. There is one reference to her accent after that episode. But it's a reference to where did your accent go? Not that you spoke in an accent when you left the hex sort of thing. So that was another big thing that stuck out to me where, again, it was just like you're setting something up, but there's no payoff. There's there's it leads to nothing, which which to me, again, is another disappointment of the show. In the early moments, because of that scene in the early beginning, like the beginnings of the show, like halfway point, I was thinking it's a bad Wanda from a different universe, from a, from the multiverse. She came out of the multiverse, and she's controlling our good Wanda. Because how could Wanda do this mm. to all these people? I I still don't really quite understand how Wanda could do this to all these people. Because you you think she's taken a turn and she's become. I don't think she does. What do you mean she doesn't? Like, like Wanda doesn't even know how how she's doing it to all these people. Oh, I understand. Yeah, right. She's yeah. controlled by her grief, which is is uh, yes. Mm. I I kind of. I don't know. I came to terms with that as the show went on and as we learned that at the end. But I still find that that moment where she's got an accent is there's not much of an explanation for that other than the fact that she's doing that on purpose to throw them off. But I don't really understand why. It just seems, hmm, I don't know. It's it's just a troll move again. Am I crazy or do you think there's an explanation to why she comes out with an accent? I mean, you you convinced me on the letterbox uh, in the uh, in Agatha's little cave there. So, what do you think about this one? No, man, I, I genuinely think it's a troll move, and the reason why I think it's a troll troll move is because of how that episode's cut. She leaves the hex. She's talking to the people in an accent, and then it pretty much cuts back to her with Vision talking in her regular voice. So it makes it seem in that episode that that is a different Wanda, but almost like it's happening at the same time almost, but it's very evidently not um, yeah. unless they somehow reveal this in the future. So again, that, that's another, that's another disappointment of the show that I had. Like how can we throw the Which audience you, off? It seems to be the question. Like there yeah, must've been like meetings about this. Like how can we throw the audience off? Let's hide Evan Peters. Like they, they apparently mm. hit him through to, to get him to set. 
and things like that to just make sure that he wasn't leaked. And he, and he was leaked. He was inevitably leaked as, as somebody who was on WandaVision. Um, but it was useless. Like there's just no even, no, what was the point of even hiding him? Mm-hmm. I, like it sure was shocking. I was shocked. I didn't know about the leak, but I just don't understand what was the point of the shock. There's a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It genuinely blew my mind. And yeah, like, again, I think when you set up so many different plot, plot threads that I would, I would argue about half of them lead to practically nothing. It's it is it ends up being a little bit of a disappointing finish. Now again, we can make the argument that you know the MCU is ongoing, and maybe some of these things will be finished. These plot plot threads will be finished. But it's I mentioned this in the main show in Split Focus that it sucks that because I want all of that now. Like I want to I want to eat it fucking buffet style. You know what I mean? And you you mentioned how like we don't even know when we're gonna get it. Which makes it even ten times worse. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is a little bit that, that is a little bit disappointing. Let's uh, let's hear from uh, Kenneth. What do you think? Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, "Adrian and Simon of Earth six one six." By now, you have watched all the episodes of WandaVision, including the mid- and post credit scene from the last episode. What I'd like to add to your discussion is what Wanda having the Darkhold slash Book of Cathan means to the MCU. As you likely know, the Darkhold is responsible for most of the supernatural critters in the Marvel Universe. Immediately, this seems like a way in for vampires and Blade. But now, they can add comic titles, characters like Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing, Tomb of Dracula, Ghost Rider, The Living Mummy, Tales of the Zombie, and Moon Knight, etc. The book and the magic above Wanda appear to show spheres, or alternate worlds, which may be breached in her quest for her children. Her ramshackle penetrating of the dimensions may be the conflict in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, slated for March 25th. 2022 for now we now know that sword director hayward was rebuilding vision to be his weapon but that doesn't explain the larger construction going on at his base they have already said that sword has given up at space exploration to concentrate on matters at home meaning there is a good chance larger counterparts to vision were being built like perhaps the sentinels one of the upcoming series to be released on disney plus is secret invasion which could mean that hayward is actually a scroll using sword resources to find a way to neutralize metahumans. Other than that, we still don't have an answer as to who the FBI had under witness protection in Westview and what happened to White Vision when he left. Looking forward to listening to this podcast, signed Kenneth. Adrian, lots to unpack here as mm-hmm. all Kenneth Stadelbauer's emails are, but I'd like to point out the last thing he said first, if I may. Who is in witness protection? Jimmy Woo, who's an incredible character. Uh, Randall Park's character, awesome. I mm-hmm. love that he's in the show, by the way. Same with Kat Dennings. I know you don't like don't like Kat Dennings, but I thought she was really cool in the show. That's what I would yeah. say. Real quick with, uh, with with Randall Park's Jimmy Woo character, he does he does the card trick from Ant Man and the Wasp. I think that's how he learns he to get out of the, the handcuff as well. Yeah, he does the card trick, which I love. It's awesome. Uh, it's I just want to point that out. I, I feel like we'd be doing a disservice not pointing out that amazing connection to the Ant-Man and the Wasp. I know. Um, that, that's my favorite part of Ant-Man and the Wasp, by the way. The most memorable thing is the scenes with him and Paul Rudd. 
it's so so good. They have so much chemistry. Even the, like, the yeah. last moment when he like asks him to dinner and just see you around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he's like, see you around, it's like, oh, oh yeah, like when? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, like it's it's just a phrase. It's like, oh, oh, oh okay. That's actually one disappointment I have. Uh, like I, I've heard that Randall Park won't be an Ant-Man in the Wasp Quantumanium. Oh, no way. Kind of a bummer. I want his, him to have his own show. You know, you, you, I don't know. It's uh, He's a good side character, though. I don't know if he necessarily needs his own show, but he's got to be in another show. Throw him. It'd be cool if they did like an X-Files type TV series with, with him as the main character. And, you know, even as much as I don't love Kat Dennings, I, I found her a little bit enjoyable in this oh. and I found her like how, how she played off with Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo throughout the series. They, they did a, like she did a great job with that. So I, I, I feel like I'd be down to watch like a, like an X files type TV series following uh cat Dennings and Jimmy Woo cat Dennings character and uh Randall Parks, Jimmy Woo. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I I'd be down too. I want to see strangely. Uh, I think that I saw this floating around on, on the internet or, Maybe I came up with it. I think I think I saw it floating around. I definitely saw the X Files things through floating around. What about Nick Fury and Jimmy Woo? I want to see him in the in the Secret Invasion show with Nick Fury. That would be incredible. It, oh, dude, yeah, like it's Ben Mendelsohn, <laughs> Jimmy Woo, like Ben Mendelsohn's like scroll character. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Okay, so let's get, <laughs> let's get back to this for a second. So Jimmy Woo was at Westview in the first place. He went to the outskirts of Westview because he was there to check up on a. Witness in witness protection. Who is the witness in witness protection? We don't know. Is it Ralph Boner? See, like, I think that's a fair assessment, but it's like... This is the... Okay, this is the why? only... Why? To me, okay, Dottie... The why? Dottie's a red herring. Sure, I'll, I'll accept it. But Ralph Boner is the stupidest thing ever, and that's the name that literally the Quicksilver from the X-Men universe would literally name himself. He acts like mm-hmm. him as well. That guy, literally, even when he takes the... When she takes the beads off of him, he still seems like that guy. It doesn't make any sense. He doesn't seem anything like Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver at all. That's what's so misleading. Is that That's the other problem with this. He's so much like Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe that it doesn't make any sense because he's Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is not like this at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, I definitely There's know There's no accent. Saying. I hope. He's also got no accent. He's just like that guy. There's, there's. That's why it's so stupid. If that's not the case, then they, they honestly, I'll respect. I'm, the my, I love this show. I have to say, but my respect for it is just dropping every time I think about the fact that they, they cast him. It just makes, oh, it just makes me frustrated. If I was a showrunner, I would never let this fly, and that's I knew for a fact that this would come up later in the MCU. That's all I'm going to say mm-hmm. on that one because that, it just makes no sense. I, I think that's what. Um, Ken is hinting at, by the way. I, th- I think that's what he's hinting at. Like, who else is there? Also, just as a, a note, Agatha mentions that her her husband's name is Ralph multiple times in the in the show. Do you remember that? Oh my god, dude! Yes, yeah, dude. I, I actually never even thought about that. Holy shit! Yeah, you're right. So that's a cool thing, but I, I don't. Uh, it, it doesn't really tell us that it's Evan Peters, but it is or, strange. Yeah, or or is that her just referencing that she has control over? Uh, like Evan Peters is quick. So like, like, like Pietro. Well, that was, is that essentially that happens? So. Is that essentially? Yeah, I know. But is that, that, that essentially just confirming that it is, but it's just you know neat I mean? because it's, it, it was hinted at. I like things like that when they hint at things earlier in earlier episodes and it comes up again. One of my favorite moments in lost for sure is the references to Desmond and flashbacks before you see him. I just think that that's 
fantastic. You know what I mean? In season two. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I definitely know exactly what you mean. Honestly, this whole Ralph Boner thing is just frustrating. And nothing's going to change this until we see more of the MCU, I guess. So we've, we've talked about this enough. To go back to Kenneth's point, the Darkhold is a pretty big thing in, in this. And the Darkhold's referenced a lot throughout Marvel, like the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Darkhold is actually featured in um, Marvel's Agents of, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, like quite, quite a bit, uh, with Ghost Rider in tow. And so, yeah, this could set lots of things up. It it could be interesting to see what the dark hold holds for the future. I guess. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned, uh, or, or you said uh, like early on in this episode how how um, you you almost wish that like this show was setting up to to a greater villain, not necessarily Mephisto or Nightmare, or whoever, but 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 it almost feels like it was supposed to. Yeah. Do you think that that villain is Wanda? Like, do you think this show was literally a setup for Wanda becoming a villain? Oh, so it's actually no, it's Doctor Strange against Wanda. Yeah, it's against the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, like, do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, because I, I definitely do. Like, I, th- I think that's almost what this sh- show led up to. Like, not necessarily that she's like a bad, bad. Like, you know, like, like the worst thing. But how far will she go? Yeah, to get her loved ones back, and we saw it in this show. She literally put a bunch of people under mind control, unintentionally, to have her life with Vision again. And then now she, in that heck, she created her children, who she lost. At the end, with the after credit scene, she hears her children begging for her to save her. So if she was willing to go that far to save Vision, how much further is she willing to go to save her children? Right. So I feel like interesting, but her children are fake. But are they though? Because the vision that she created is like it's it's vision, like it, it's actually him in 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 some sense. So I feel uh, like the people it's she him created, in the fact that she was made by the Mind Stone, and he's made by the Mind Stone. That's the only mm. that's she says that connection. She did make him up. He's as well. I don't know. I guess it, it brings up a whole host of questions, like. I don't know people. Some people sometimes think that we're in a simulation. As an example, like what is that? Is that real life? What What is real life? What What is it really anyway? So, like, isn't that just as real as the real vision? What What does it matter? I guess. But she did create him, and so I don't know. So, uh, the fact that she's got this connection with the Mind Stone, we don't know what that actually looks like. It's hard to. It's t- not. It's intangible. And so, how Fair. close was it to Vision? I guess. Yeah, that, that's understandable. But even if her children aren't real, she believes they are. She does, but she did make them up. I don't know. It's it's just not real though, because you made it up yourself. I don't. I, I just don't. But yeah, but like if she hears them and then you see her expression as well, like it's very obviously she's she's concerned of, for her children. You know what I mean? So I I think. I think these children are real. Like, I think she's like, okay, maybe she can go as far as to create real life. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's I don't not know. necessarily it's touched very, upon, it's but tragic though. That's a tragic mm-hmm. thought too. Like if you think about it, okay, you get it. Oh dude, a, it's awful. You have a nightmare. You have a nightmare. These people there in your nightmare, your mind created them and you believe they're real. Sure. But when you wake up in the morning, 
I don't know. I'm just supremely disappointed. If it's a nightmare or it's a good dream, you're just thinking, well, that's those people aren't real. So this it's a good dream. You're just disappointed because that dream doesn't exist. And if it's a nightmare, you're like, oh, thank God that wasn't real. Those people who were stabbing me weren't actually there. So it's like one of those things that, sure, you made it up, but you at the end of the day, you're kind of relieved in one way or another because you don't live in that universe. For her, I mm-hmm. guess, she wants to live in that universe where her kids exist. And uh, it's it's a very tragic concept. You're right. It, she could be seeking them out to create a more substantial and r- real version of them that she couldn't do previously. Maybe that's what she's been researching in that cutscene at the end of the the show. It's it's very possible. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't. By the way, I made it sound like I really disagree with you. I don't actually. You're right. She could be doing that, but it's just very. It's just not real. It, it's definitely still not real. She her mind is creating the the concept of what they are. Will she still try to strive to create it again? Oh, maybe. But I just, it's, I don't know. It makes me sad because where will her character be in a couple of years? If that's the case, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about. It gets me really excited actually for more. It is interesting. Yeah, like um, my brother, it's a weird, weird reveal to do on A Closer Look, but my brother is somebody who's written to, into the show before. He, he goes by the pseudonym, uh, Oliver August, and so he 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 actually he he watched WandaVision despite the fact that he doesn't watch a lot of TV shows. He said to me in a message, he said, "Good show, but ultimately pointless." And I kind of felt that a little bit. Like there's a little, again, it, it felt like the threads that they were because we talked about this already, but got, some of the threads it just went nowhere. Um, and it, and ultimately pointless in that maybe I don't know. There's a weird weird things like Vision's still alive, Vision's alive after all. So the whole idea of there's closure of Vision dying, it's closure, but Vision is alive though. And Vision has the memories of Vision. So white Vision is still Vision. So we saw it, we said goodbye to Vision, but the Vision that loves Wanda, I think is very much out there and he will be back. So there's closure. I think there's closure for Wanda having lost him due to Thanos. Mm -hmm. But in the future, we're going to get this love story again, I think. It would be weird if we didn't, unless, unless you're right, she becomes a villain, and then that vision doesn't like who she's become. Bad wonder. So I don't know. I kind of agreed with my brother, but now I wonder if she becomes a villain because of this, because that town couldn't even look at her, and she she went down this weird hole. Creating a villain in this way is something that Marvel actually hasn't done. So that mm-hmm. wouldn't be. I don't. I don't know if they'll do that just because they're Disney. Uh, but it would be pretty cool, actually, to be honest, because that would make this show not so pointless in my mind. If they could, cre- they, they, this was the beginning of a villain, and she'll probably become good again, I'm sure, in in you know good old Marvel fashion. But yeah, well, you say this that you know, like maybe they won't do it because it's Disney, but we did get Maleficent, didn't we? Well, I didn't watch Maleficent the movie. It's not good. Oh, okay, but, but Maleficent is a villain though. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but she's like, oh, she's a villain because she went through tragedy. That's what Maleficent's about. I see. It's not a good move. Okay. It's okay. not that great. Nor is the sequel. I don't know why I watched the second one. Actually, the the thing I was thinking of actually is if we're going to say that Disney would do something like this, it, the closest thing in my mind from what I've seen from Disney is actually Once Upon a Time. Like Once Upon a Time, they took uh, villains like Rumpelstiltskin, honestly, and they, that guy is friggin' a, a monster. He's a terrible, terrible person in that show. And actually, that's probably the best performance in that show, too. 
to be honest. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, is the, the actor is Robert Car- Carlo, which honestly I think he should be in more things because he's just brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to have your face painted and uh, hair dyed like that every, for every episode of twenty episodes for like five six seasons i feel like i don't know and you act that well i don't know why isn't he getting cast in more things but regardless he was a terrible terrible not really a human being but weird man (laughs) thing that became something better and kind of regressed a little bit but went back up in terms of his goodness and his honor and i don't know they could pull it off they were willing to do it with that show so it's, it's it's possible it would make me a little sad though, because I really do think that oh, Scarlet Witch is really neat. But the cool thing is, is that she's arguably the most powerful Avenger. So imagine having the most powerful Avenger now, and they've got a fighter when she can literally wreck shit up. Well, that that's what will make things more interesting, right? Yeah, you got me thinking. I didn't think about this before. This is a good conversation. You you, you just brought up something really neat. I agree with you. Yeah, it would make things more interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. One other thing to mention. And I feel like I'd be missing the mark if I didn't mention it. Tayona Paris, who I've not seen in very much, honestly, is a really good actor. I think she's really good. And I think that I'm really, I'm actually quite excited to see Monica Rambeau. I don't know about you. Dude, no, 100%. The only thing I'd seen her in before, I, I think, uh, it was actually Mad Men. She plays one of the secretaries in Mad Men for Don Draper. And uh, yeah, I just think that she's really cool. And uh, I like the way she wor- like. She- she acts in terms of uh, showing her wit and stuff like that. I, I think, she, I don't know. She's just entertaining the watch in general. And the only thing I didn't like about her is that her powers are extremely obscure. Am I insane? Or No, dude, that's actually exactly what I was thinking. I was like, they're very unclear. Now, maybe if you had some background knowledge of her character, like in the, in the Marvel comics, like maybe you could pick it out. But uh, I'll be honest, I don't. You shouldn't have to, though. You shouldn't have to. Like, I, yeah. I looked it up, but I, I should. that's not enough for me. Like, you, you got to explain it a little better than this. Like, she can, like, stop bullets and stuff? Like, 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 she, she, like she, she can have things hit her and, and, and matter, like, go through her? Like, uh, yeah, it's a little bit unclear. I, I do agree with you. It's also a TV show, and you didn't really make that big of a deal of it, which I found a little strange. No, it just kind of happened, eh? Yeah, like, there's no time. Uh, like, well, Jimmy Woo didn't say anything. You didn't really see it, I guess, but it's just odd. Like, they knew she was going in again, so you'd think that she would be... They'd be like, what happened to you? Or But it's like, no, no. And then, like, I guess we should talk about the quick after credit scene. But you know, she gets spoken to by some agent who turns out to be a scrawl and is like, oh, someone wants to talk to you and points up into the into space, which is what I gathered as a clear reference to uh, Nick Fury asking a speaker because we saw Nick Fury in space at the end of the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home end credit sequence. So I, I imagine that that that's what's uh, that is what is being referenced. But yeah, like uh, I do agree with you. I think I think another issue with the final episode is it seems like they they had so much to cram into. Not not even like with these outlandish, not necessarily outlandish, but with these high expectations and these crazy theories. But even the characters that we've been following throughout the season. They don't get much play. Like Monica does a bit, but it's kind of like, you know, we see her at the after credit scene of episode seven. She's not in episode eight at all, which let, let's be real. Episode eight's fantastic. I mentioned at in the split focus episode that I thought the last two episodes weren't good. I was wrong. Um, I, I've totally forgot that episode eight is, you know, the journey with like Wanda and Agatha and her going through her history and doing oh, yeah. all of that. Stuff. It's, it's awesome. a very humanizing story. It's, it's super, it's super great. I, I, I really adored it. But um, yeah, with, with Monica Rambo, I just feel like the end, 
she she doesn't get much play more play than jimmy woo and, and kat denning's character but it, it just she's just kind of there and it's super weird because wanda saved saved the world you know she she saved the world she's a part of the fight against thanos and all that stuff but she literally was torturing people like mentally torturing people for weeks and these people have suffered. They're going to deal with mental trauma probably for the rest of their lives. And, you know, Monica is obviously dealing with it. She's walking through the town. And, you know, these people don't really want to look at her. And anyone that's looking at her is looking at her with disdain. And she, like, talks to Monica Rambo and is like, yeah, what you did was, you know, it, it sucks, but it's okay. And it's like, no, it's not. Oh, oh Monica Rambo said that. Yeah, 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 to, to Wanda. That's not really what she said. Like, what, what did she say then? It, it Wasn't it like something along those lines? I, I felt like that's, kind of, that's that was kind of the gist of it. Well, if it was anyone else, she would have been in trouble. But I think because yeah. Monica Rambo literally, that was one of the, actually one of the, another great moment in this show is the moment where she comes back, like the, the snap, the re-snap happens in the beginning of oh, her episode. So, it's just such a- So, so good. Yeah. And so she understands grief because she just lost her mother. Yeah. And so that's the aspect is because she understands despite the fact that she realizes the town was tortured. And she says that exact thing. She's like, I get it because it's exact thing just happened to me. But these people are not never probably going to forgive you because of what you did to them. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's why she lets them go because it's a very relatable yeah. thing. She's got empathy for Wanda because she literally just faced this very thing herself. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? You're right. I'm going to change my tune on that one. You've convinced me. You're correct. One thing to point out, though, on the topic of the snap scene, which is phenomenal. I adore it. I, I love that scene. It's it's different from how the unsnapping occurs in Spider-Man Far From Home. In Spider-Man Far From Home, it almost looks like everyone just reappears all at once. But in this, it's very clear that it almost looks like that black sort of ash that that whisked them all away that they all became is what kind of puts them all back together at the same time so that's like a little uh like like plot inconsistency in in the mcu i, I just thought I, sh- I should point that out as well yeah i don't know if that's such a big problem because it's like how does it work it's not around the world is, yeah. is it, it's like the world's a big place and so i could i can i can dig it if you're you know you're gonna say that it works yeah. some somewhere different slightly it's not that different if it was like i don't know if it was massively different there's a giant bright light and everyone comes back in that would be problematic but i I don't know i i'm okay with the way they did that it's a good point though it's a good point yeah i mean like to be fair during the snapping uh people disappeared in different ways like some people would kind of turned into ash and then some people just straight up disappeared so i guess you could make the the same argument that it was inconsistent when inconsistent when people were snapped and it's inconsistent when people are brought back um, but yeah, like I do agree with you that uh, like I'm super excited to see Monica Rambo. I'm stoked that, you know, we know that she's going to be in Secret Invasion and we know that she's going to be in Captain Marvel too. So like I'm super stoked to see her in those movies. She's also going to be in the new Candyman movie, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, which which I'm uh, I'm super stoked for. I don't think that that's a – Jordan Peele is an executive producer on that. He's not actually directing it, but – I trust whatever he's going to put his name behind because he's, he's two for two. But that's a quick aside, sorry. Um, but yeah, on the topic of the final episode where I kind of feel like it's rushed and you know how like her character doesn't necessarily get too much play, but like Kat Dennings's character gets quite literally one scene where she drives into uh, 
what was it Hayward? Like with 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 this like military bus or, or this ice cream truck? I don't even remember. It was an ice cream truck that turned into a military truck. It was initially a military truck, but it became an ice cream truck when it went into the hex. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, she T-bones Hayward. And, you know, she says like a, woo, that was cool. Some, something along those lines. And then we don't see her for the rest of the- so, well, Some Kat Dennings witty line. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I'm quirky. Um, <laughs> like one of those lines. And uh, then she just disappears for the rest of the episode. And then Jimmy Woo like brings up, uh, like, he's like, oh yeah, she, she left. And it's just like, what? She just fucking peaced out? Like, like, where is she? I found that a little bit odd. Yeah. Like they were fi- filming during COVID and they couldn't get her back. Yeah. Or they're just like, all right, we got to fit as much much of this like into this fifty minute time slot or forty minute time slot without making um, like without adding any any filler scenes. It's just like bam, 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 bam. Um, so yeah. so that was a little bit disappointing for me as well. Again, I, I, it's it's so much easier to talk about the negative things about the show than the positives because there's you, you can dive a little bit deeper into the things you don't like, but. All in all, like I think the show is genuinely phenomenal. Like I really, really love it. Yes, I love it. I think that it's incredibly unique. Um, I'm hoping the 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 thing I'm hoping for most is uh, to go off my brother's point is will it be pointless? And, and I'm hoping it not to be pointless. That's that's kind of the idea. And I I hope that these shows in general will lead into the bigger picture for the MCU. And they do expect people to sort of watch the shows for them to matter. I'm worried that Marvel, uh, not not in the degree of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that they will actually try to say, hey, you don't actually have to watch WandaVision for it to matter for the MCU. Like, I, I, I'm hoping that they do think that it's important. Like The, the Darkhold's important. I, I'm curious if they make her a villain that would be directly led from WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And so how much of this storyline are they going to pull into the rest of the MCU and how much are they going to remind us of the fact that these characters went through some trials and tribulations yeah. through this. And uh, ultimately I loved it as well. Yeah. And I think that it's summed up for me at that moment. And I think honestly it was in one of the trailers. They kind of gave it away that moment where they're watching the hex through their window and they hold hands and it's, it's closure. And it's just, that was the most beautiful moment for me. And it's really about what the, really what the show is about I think first and foremost, after all of it, is the her relationship with Vision and how she was trying to hang on and she couldn't, uh, while trying to mend her grief, but not effectively. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's beautifully sad. And that's the piece I love about this show. And, and it's the, the connection with the idea of the sitcoms and the fact that her family watched sitcoms and that's where she got all this idea all these ideas from and it almost explains away her accent in, in a weird way and that she watched American sitcoms all her life it's a little ridiculous your accent thing but but I, I know it's, it's suspension of disbelief certainly and I just uh, I don't know I love it the music's incredible by the way I didn't bring this up yet but Christoph Beck is the composer for this series and I mean he he composed Ant Man but he also composed Frozen. And so, like, Hmm. it's masterful work, I feel like, across the board. And I'm excited for the next series, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think it's going to be very different. And I'm excited to see where else, again, specifically, they take Wanda. Where else are they going to take Vision? And hopefully, they go back to the plot points of this series and make sure that it isn't all pointless. 
And that's uh, I think that's where I, I'll I'll close. Yeah. I'm fairly confident that it won't be pointless. And if anything, they're gonna continue to do what I think Marvel does best, where you can realistically watch any movie on their own without watching what's come before it and still have a good time with it. But you are going to get way more out of it if you've watched things that have come prior to like the movie's release. And I think this in this show in particular, I don't I don't think it's going to be pointless specifically because of how it ends with Wanda. And I think Wanda's character is going to play a huge part. And because of how she ends in this show, I, 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 I'm confident that it's not going to be pointless and all for nothing. And with how Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to go, that's another show that I feel like it's it, it's not going to end with just the status quo. Uh, where everything's like, oh, okay, like you didn't have to watch the series. It's just Bucky and Falcon. I think they're going to add to it. I think they're going to, you know, do do some do some big things. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be pointless. I don't think they're willing to do that with this stuff. I don't think it's going to be on the level of, you know, the Netflix uh, Marvel series or you know ABC's like Agents of Shield, where it's not real, like it's canon, but at the same time, is it really canon or is it in a different universe? Like there are references, but. It's not really referenced like in, in agents of shield as an example, like Nick Fury is literally in that show. He's in the season one finale. So um, if you're going to connect it anyway, like that, that, that's, that's how you connect it to, to the main thing. But again, I think, I think this won't be pointless. I'm confident in it and I'm excited for what's to come. And this show is genuinely great, even though we just spent about an hour trash talking everything we didn't like about it <laughs> it's, it's true yeah that's brilliant mm-hmm. cool man it's as always beautiful time talking to you adrian i appreciate uh, you joining me on this episode and all 36 of our regular episodes of uh, spill focus a film and tv podcast specifically and i thank you audience for listening to us rant about WandaVision for the last hour. Hopefully you'll join us next week. Mm -hmm. So thank you and uh, goodbye. Take care, guys. Take care. Goodbye. I love you.